I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Spotlight Interview Edition. Ryan Roberts here. Rise and Draft on Twitter. Please follow everything Believe Podcast Network as we bring you everything and anything you need to know for the 2021 NFL Draft and future drafts alike. Uh, So we're heading into edge week this year. Defensive ends in a four-man front. We got some outside linebackers in a 3-4 we're going to kind of get into this year, uh, this week I should say. And I have who I believe is the best defensive end in college football. I think a lot of people do. Now, whether he is going to be in the 2021 cycle or a future cycle remains to be seen because he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore. But I have Mr. Gregory Russo, who is a defensive end out of the University of Miami, coming off a 15-and-a-half sack season this past year as a redshirt freshman, All-American honors. Like I said, I think he's the best defensive end in college football. So, Greg, inviting you into the show, man. Really, again, just appreciate you taking some time with me again today. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Most definitely, man. This um, this this is a fun one for me because I, I can tell you, Greg. You know, just from my grading and everything this summer, uh, you're a top five player for me. If you enter next year's class, so I'm excited to just dive in a little bit, man. Uh, fortunately, we had the uh, opportunity to talk a little bit um in the past, but uh, you know, for the viewer's sake, I, I've heard a lot of things about you know coming out of Coconut Creek, uh, your hometown in Florida. Obviously, you chose to stay in the hometown, right? In the sun, I mean, I should say, in the home state, in the Sunshine State. At the University of Miami, a, a lot of a lot of really great colleges like uh, Georgia, LSU, Oregon, all those guys kind of had offers on you, had high interest in. Uh, why Miami ultimately, Greg? Why was it the best fit for you to stay in the home state at the U? Uh, really just growing up watching Miami, Miami my whole life and just being a fan and wanting just to make the crib great again. Um, uh, also, just the family atmosphere that Coach Rick had and Coach Diaz still has here. We're, we're really just tightening it, you know. Um, it's like we're, we all really got each other's backs, and it's more. It's it's like it's more. It's about more than football, you know. Like the coaches really care about you. The players, we all care about each other. We hang out outside, outside of like the facility, you know. Like we have a real tight connection here at Miami, and it's like I just knew it was the best place for me. Also, because of the defense, the aggressive style of play, the four three. Uh, I like playing with my hand in the dirt. I like being physical. So just everything just was just perfect here. And this was a school for me, 100%. And I know, obviously, you've grown into that edge role, right? Like 6'7". I think last time I talked to you, you say you're right around 260-pound mark. So you have, you know, you've really grown into that body. But for, to yeah. my understanding, when you were in high school, I, I think you played all over the place. So kind of just give the, the folks a background of, like, some positions you played in high school and how you eventually grew into this defensive end that we see today. Okay, like in my earlier years of high school, I played uh, defensive end. Like um, I was at Monarch High School with like Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy was there. It's in Coconut Creek. I played a little bit of DN, and then I transferred. And when I transferred, I started playing more. Um, I played more receiver and safety and outside linebacker. And then Coach Diaz was ta- was recruiting me. And he was like, "Bro, you could be a you could be a beast at DN. Just uh." Just try it out, like, and that's just really the position that projected like the best for me. And I knew I had the frame to add weight, and I knew I could just be a better defensive end than I could be a receiver. But I really played everything in uh, high school, especially my junior senior year. My junior year, I was actually an all Dade and an all state receiver. I had like five hundred yards, like ten touchdowns. So I really loved receivers. It was a lot of fun, and I, I still like it actually to this day. But Dean is definitely my position. I feel like I've grown so much over the past two years. Um, in the Miami defense, playing defensive end. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, you certainly have. And I, I was going to ask, Greg, because you mentioned the, the, the background at wide receiver. I mean, I, I'm sure some colleges probably looked at you and said, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you know, ability at wide receiver. Maybe this is a tight end in the future. When you were kind of doing your recruiting process, were there schools that maybe had more interest you on the offensive side? Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple schools, Indiana, NC State, uh, they wanted me for a receiver. USC said I'd be able to choose what I wanted to play. Um, so, yeah, I definitely had uh, a couple offers at receiver. And then I feel like my bigger offers, like LSU, Georgia, and Oregon, well, Oregon was an athlete offer too, but LSU, Georgia, those SEC schools, they all wanted me as like that 3-4 uh, that outside backer slash DN uh, type, of, type of player. And Miami also wanted me at DN. I knew that I would just – I had a higher ceiling at DN than I had at receiver. I feel like I was kind of maxed out, you know, because because mm-hmm. uh, at receiver I knew how to catch already. I guess my routes could have got a little bit better or something. I could have gotten more coordinated, but I feel like at DN I had so much room to grow, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I know we talked. I, I think you told me you were around like two twenty five when you got to Miami. Was that about right? Yeah. 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 So obviously you've been able to put on a bunch of weight in a, in a two year span here. Take us through because every I feel like every draft cycle we, we see a guy that gains a ridiculous amount of weight in a pretty short amount of time. They talk about the changing in diet, the the you know workout regimen. What's the secret sauce for Greg Rousseau, how, how you've been able to gain that much weight in such a short amount of time? Uh, really just going hard in the weight room every day, uh, taking what I eat seriously, not eating candies or like snacks and, or like sweet stuff and not drinking too much juice and honestly just listening to the nutritionist here we have a great nutritionist at our school Kyle Bellamy and he's helped me out a lot our strength our strength conditioning uh, staff is great but just um listening to the foods that he was telling me to eat in this this uh just sticking to the plan uh eat make sure I'm making sure I'm eating like protein at every meal and getting my carbs and all that stuff it was really like it was really my freshman year I put on a lot and then since then I've been gradually gradually gaining like five, seven pounds a year, you know? Yeah, uh, that, that's awesome. And I know people are real pumped up about you, man, because, you know, for the longest time, it, the U was where all the great football players went. You know, I, we would look back to like Warren Sapp and Ray yeah. Lewis and all those dudes. And it seems like you're the next in line, you know, obviously the 15 and a half sacks, which was in a, in a phenomenal season. But everyone's kind of looking at you now potentially be that next kind of card holder for the U to continue that great legacy. And then also, you know, like you said, bring the U back a little bit. So for you, that season you just had, how, how, how great of a feeling was it to just know the success you had and how much maybe hungrier has that also given to you to know that you can even be a better football player moving forward? Uh, It, re- it really has for sure. I mean, I had a great year and I- I'm blessed like I was able to play with a whole bunch of dogs and stuff, but I'm definitely like moving on. And like you said, just building on it, put, putting it behind me, just trying to just continue to be one of those great alignment at you and leave my mark like Warren Sapp and, and Greg Mark and Clay's Campbell and all them did. I'm just trying to be like them, you know, and just uphold that standard. And I know I have a lot of work to do and I know I have a lot of room to grow. So I'm just out there every day trying to get better and just motivate my teammates, you know, and just, I know there's young dudes in the room who look up to me. So just trying to just be that, um, that role model for them is it, just is really great, and just to be a leader on that defense, it's it's a blessing, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys, it's exciting times around the University of Miami right now. You know, obviously Coach Diaz going into his second year, but yeah. you guys got Quincy coming in, De'Ara King coming in, mm-hmm. Jared Williams coming in. Like there is so much talent coming in as grad transfers, guys that we've already seen have so much success at the college level. 
So take me into the atmosphere a little bit, man. I know you guys are back together now, it seems, from what I've seen on Twitter and everything. Just how excited are you to get back with the guys, and how excited are you about what this 2020 season can bring for you guys? Uh, So excited, bro. We have Quincy. Of course, you know he's a dog. So we have Quincy. We have King. We have some – we have uh, Nesta Silvera in the interior. We have some dudes, bro. Like, we have Jalen Phillips. He's a, he was a five-star, and he's a, he's a physical. He's a freak, bro. He's like he's like, he's like like me, but maybe even faster, honestly, bro. Like, he's a monster. Like, we have some dudes, especially on the D-line, because, of course, I work with him every day, and I see our potential. I feel like we could be one of the best. Uh, I feel like we could be the best D-line in the nation, for sure, if we just go out there and work hard every day and just, you know, stay hungry, like you said, and keep on getting better, stay humble motivate each other every single day. I feel like we could be the best D-line in the nation, definitely. Yeah, and I even forgot about Jalen coming over from UCLA. Obviously, that's yeah. uh, a that, – I mean, that defensive end room, man. Talk to me about that relationship you guys are building because I'm sure you, you're learning a lot from those guys. They're learning a lot from you. What's it like mm-hmm. to just be around those new guys and to feed off of each other a little bit? Um, it's great because me and Quincy, we're both blessed enough to have success at the college level. So for me to be able to just pick his brain and be like, yo, what worked for you last year? For, and like vice versa for him to do the same thing is great. And um, honestly, we're just getting better every day and pushing each other. You know, like nothing's promised in our D-line room. There's no spots. There's no status. It's just work. And whoever goes out there and works the hardest and produces is going to play. So just having that fire that fire on you every single day and that competition is great. It really pushes you to be a better player at all times and never to be like, never to get comfortable or complacent and be like, oh, I got it. Like I, I got 15 sacks, whatever, because there's always somebody right there ready to take your spot or even on the field to take your sack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know you talked a little bit, Greg, and we both t- kind of talked a little bit about just the great players that have come through Miami. You talked about, obviously, comfortability, you know, the, the kind of the fan of the team growing up. Who are some guys, if you had to pick out a few, whether it's growing up or even now, that maybe you watch a lot and you also try to take stuff from their game to emulate them a little bit? Um, I'd say, like, in the league, it'd be people like – I like watching Brian Burns. I like watching Calais Campbell because I like how he goes inside and uses his hands. And, he, of course, he went to Miami. Um, I like Bosa. He's real nice with that, that scissors move. And mm-hmm. I'd say somebody that I learned from, like, hands-on was Jonathan Garvin who's on the Packers now. I'm sure you know of him. Um, just being in the room with him, I got hurt my freshman year, but just sitting back and just watching him, watching how he practices on, on film and watching how he plays in the game and translates like like one-on-ones to like actual reps in the game on third down. Watching him, I learned a lot from Garvin for sure. And that's really one of my role models and still is, you know, and I'm still going to be watching him while he's uh, in the NFL this year. And I'll tell you, Greg, just like my takes of you on the football field real quick, like a cl- a quick scouting report, right? Like obviously you can't teach the type of length and size that you have. And I think the thing that really pops off for me is the transitional quickness. You know, you are so quick moving laterally. You're so quick kind of hitting that third step up the arc and then being able to transition. But then also, like you said, you know, you can move inside. I saw you on the nose a bunch, getting some sacks, playing inside, doing all types of different things. The versatility is something that's incredible for you growing into this defensive end role now at Miami over the last couple of years, what would you say are some of the biggest um, improvements in your game and just stuff that is really starting to click for you to make you such a dominant football player? Um, honestly, I wouldn't say this is an improvement, but a trait that I like that I have is just my motor. Like I'm not stopping until the whistle blows for sure. And I definitely think that just working with like uh, my coaches and coach Stroud, just um, my, my hands, my hand placement on run and on pass just, just making sure that I'm real, I'm real like I'm real fluent with it, and I have a plan at all times. I feel like it's something that I'm 
I've been getting a lot better at and I'm still getting better at. Definitely. Um, my speed to power, I plan to use that a lot more this season. And and yeah, honestly, like I said, a lot of it just goes back to playing hard every play. You might not you might not win the first move, but if you have a good counter, you can still get a sack, you know, if you just keep going hard and don't give up. So yeah. And, and I know we we uh, we highlighted a bunch of the guys that are coming in, Greg, and obviously uh, Coach Diaz is doing a great job on the recruiting trail. And yeah. w- when we when I talked about you know getting the U back, we we talked mostly about the guys around you. Uh, for the coaching staff perspective, everything though, talk to me a little bit about the the um the culture that Coach Diaz is bringing because I know he's he's got a little swag to him. He's got some great coaches around him. What is it? What is it just like from an everyday perspective of the of building this culture back to what Miami is known for? Uh, it's really it's really built on just hard work, uh, integrity, and just trusting your teammates. You know, um, hard work of course comes in the off season when you're running one team when you're when you're in the weight room and nobody's watching. Integrity is just is just being just a good person in general, and then trust just having that trust of your teammates. Like like let's say I, I I'm going to the B gap. I got to go to the B gap. I can't be selfish and go to the A gap or, or something like that because I don't think my uh, teammates going to make the play. Just having that trust, and I feel like especially on defense, having that trust, like angles when you're pursuing the ball, all that means the most. So so definitely that. And just Coach Diaz, just, if, you, if you know Coach Diaz, he's a tough dude. Like he's a, he's a hard hat type of person. So that's just our, our mentality here. And like at Miami in general, just like we're not going to let anybody go out on the field and just out tough us, you know. Yeah, we might lose or whatever, but we're not going to – be the softer team, if you know what I mean. We're not backing down to nobody. We're not. We don't fear any team at all. So that's really just our mentality, um, and not just game day every day. Whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the film room, whether it's practice, anything. We're just we're a tough football team, hundred percent. And, and I know we talked about you know a little before we got started. Just the obviously a a crazy uncertain off season with the pandemic, COVID nineteen, and everything kind of going around. What what has it been like when you when you um going back to like the quarantine period, having to work kind of you know a little more individually on your game? How how were you able to be creative and then continue to obviously put your best foot forward to to getting ready for this next season, even with the uncertainty around it? Um, when I was home, like I got like a bench press from my garage, so I could do like some cleans and stuff, and just still be moving weight. And I also just worked a lot, like just hand stuff on my own, just hand placement, like on a wall, just hand speed. And I also got with some of my teammates a couple times over break and worked some like uh, some drills. So so that was that was pretty cool. And and honestly, like I said, just having that that uh, trust and integrity, really, it's really integrity for it was integrity for a whole team. And just for all of, all of us to be able to trust each other that we're all working hard because we know we're going to get back at some point. So we put all of us put in that work and it's going to show in the season who didn't put in their, their work in the quarantine, you know, who's just chilling. So right. yeah, it was definitely all about just, just holding your teammates accountable and just holding yourself accountable, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'll say this is, um, you know, like you said, we're going to see very quickly when game day happens, you know, who has been working hard. And I know the individual success you had last year, I'm sure you want to continue to build off it. Obviously the team success, I think you guys are heading for a really nice season with all the players coming in. I want to ask though, before I kind of get closer to the wrap up, De'Ara King, right? Like we all saw him at Houston. That dude is a absolute playmaker. So since you've been back with him, man, just just to be able to see him run around a little bit, how much of a headache is that guy to contain? 
bro, he he he's different, bro. Like he he moves like a receiver slash running back slash I don't know. Like he's really twitchy, and he's not like just a scrawny quarterback. He's a, he's kind of a big dude, low key. So he's a handful to tackle. He's really explosive. He moves a lot of weight. He's a really hard worker. He's a dog in the weight room. Like he's a leader. He's he's everything you could ask for um, from a quarterback. And I can't wait to watch him play. But I know he's gonna show out. I know it. He's gonna show up every week. I, I could just see it. And, and from a uh, team perspective, individual perspective, it could be either one you want to do here, Greg. Uh, goals, right? Like going into 2020 now, what are, what's going to make it a successful season for yourself and for the team? Um, honestly, uh, what we talk about here is like we talk like, like Ed Reed was talking to us the other day, and he was just saying like when they were there in Miami, all of them, all of them were um, – all Americans and stuff, and they were they were all balling out. But he said that none of them were ever thinking about like getting sacks or picks. They were just all doing their job. And like when the team wins, you're gonna get you're gonna get your um your goals are gonna get like fulfilled too. You know, you're gonna be happy. You're gonna get accolades and stuff. So just I feel like it, w- once the team wins, everybody's individual goals will come rolling in. You feel me? If we lose a game and we all play bad, I probably might won't have any sacks. But like let's say like Florida State last year when we all did our job dominated, the D line had nine sacks in total. You know. So I feel like when when the when everybody's doing their job, everybody's going to eat in the long run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and kind of the last question I want to end you here, Greg, is is you're you're a redshirt sophomore, so you could potentially be in 2021, 2022, 2023. It's it's pretty <laughs> rare for a guy to be as young as you are going into his redshirt sophomore year, and then also have already have this high accolade from an NFL draft perspective. So what, whatever draft it is, it doesn't really matter. For the for the final question, though, I just want to know, what's it like having so many you know high-profile NFL draft people already have such a high opinion of your game? And just what type of blessing is that ultimately going to be when you make your way to the professional level? Uh, yeah, it's like you just said, it's a huge blessing. And I, I'm just so grateful to be surrounded by such a great coaching staff and great and like great teammates that make me look good. And honestly, my mindset is just like just keep on working hard, you know. And the scouts who talk good about me, uh, let me. I'm just working to not prove them wrong, you know. Make make them look like they know what they're talking about. So I'm so I'm gonna just keep on going hard. But honestly, yeah, it's a blessing. And um, hope, hopefully someday it'll pay off and I can get drafted high. So I just got to keep working, go one day at a time. But I'm, I'm blessed for sure. And I, I'm really grateful for it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's going to wrap it up here again. Mr. Gregory Russo, defensive end, All-American from the University of Miami, Hurricanes. He is uh, going to have another great season there for for sure. Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft on Twitter. Greg, again, man, appreciate you taking some time today, brother. It, it was nice just to get a little into your backstory, and I'm wishing you guys the best of luck this season for sure. Welcome, everyone, to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Spotlight Interview Edition. Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft on Twitter, bringing you everything and anything you need to know for the 2021 NFL Draft and beyond. A part of these Thursday editions for this Edge Class, Edge Week, I'm bringing on a young man out of Coastal Carolina who's entering his senior season now, Mr. Teron Jackson, who was a first-team all-sunbelt selection this past season, had 10 sacks for the team, really explosive physical edge defender. So, Teron, before I get into the uh, the background of you, man, appreciate you again for taking some time today. And if you want to say hi to the folks, uh, feel free to. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm just uh, happy to be on the show. Um, and I'm happy to have you, man. I'll, I'll tell you, this is a uh, – a, a, I love – 
a lot of the film I've seen of you so far. I'm excited for the 2021 Edge class in general, just the talent that could could potentially be in there right now. So had to get you on the show because I think there's a couple Coastal Carolina guys, you know, CJ on the offensive side of the football and Isaiah coming out next year. And th- there's a lot of talent over there, man. So before we get started, uh, talk to me a little bit about originally, obviously, out of Silver Bluff High School in South Carolina. Why was Coastal Carolina ultimately the best fit for you coming out? Uh, so when I, you know, came to Coastal, just the brotherhood at Coastal, man, it's just different. When I came, all the older guys like D'Angelo Henderson at the time, and uh, like Vogans, a lot of linemen from the, at that time, you know, they just welcomed me in, and I just felt like I was at home. And uh, you know, they was making the Coastal was uh, at that point making the transition to FBS, and you know, I wanted to find somewhere where I could uh, leave a legacy at. And uh, you know, I love the coaches and everything and the scheme that they had at the time, so I uh, bought in. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're uh, they're certainly uh, happy that you've been able to uh, be a be a force on that defensive line. Obviously, over the last couple of years, this past year, I'm sure people are are very familiar with you know the ten sacks, thirteen tackles for loss, sixty tackles. You also had a really nice uh, sophomore season, 58, 11 tackles for loss, three sacks. So you've been a guy that people have been aware of, but obviously last year with the ten sacks, that's really hard to just ignore. So, Teron, talk to me about the the elevation your game. Because obviously the sack numbers went up, the tackle for loss numbers went up. What do, you, what do you consider to be maybe some of the biggest improvements in your game, maybe just from your sophomore to junior year, but maybe over your career in general? Uh, I think every year uh, I just try to get better at all the things that I lack. And I felt like last year one of the things that I uh, struggled with was uh, my pass rush. So me and my coaches, we really got together and – we watched film, you know, working on some things that, you know, some moves that they felt that uh, I could incorporate into my game, and, you know, just learning the game a little more uh, as the years went on. And I feel like from uh, my my the year before last year to the next year where I, where I had those 10 sacks, I felt like I just took it to a whole nother level, strength and conditioning wise and uh, mentally. And that's what helped me take that jump. Mm hmm. And I, I know there's a lot of uncertainty, obviously, around, you know, just a college football season in general. I know you you guys are still grinding. You're still getting ready, planning on on just as if it's another day, you know, just taking it kind of day by day for you this offseason with the quarantine and, and COVID-19 and every, all the madness that's kind of been surrounding everything. How do you feel like you've been able to manage the madness while continuing to also, you know, put your be- best step forward to continue to improve as a football player? Uh, I think I've been able to uh, be disciplined and, you know, keep improving. Uh, I I feel like it was definitely more challenging when when all of the stuff uh, first came out kind of in that that March time when uh, we got out of school and everything was kind of hard at home because a lot of the gyms and stuff was closing down. So I had to uh, just do stuff at home and, you know, whatever I had around the house for strength wise. But, you know, I had a lot of fields and stuff to run. So I was good running wise, but. Uh, just staying disciplined was kind of the hardest thing. You know, I wasn't around my teammates. You know, I didn't have uh, somebody around you to compete with to make sure you keeping a certain uh uh standard. But um, I've been blessed to you know be back on the first phase of when my uh the campus let people come back and start working out on campus. So I've been here since about June, and I feel like I've been able to get a good amount of work. It's definitely been different, and uh, I de- uh, I've had I've had to adapt because you know. Stuff's been very different in the weight room and everything with being able to having to wear a mask and, you know, spacing out, you know, but it definitely was a blessing to be able to come in June and start competing with my teammates again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and kind of working off of that, Toronto. Obviously, you you weren't as far away from the the uh, the football family as long as some people have. What what was it like for you when you finally got back to campus and then you were finally reunited with the guys and, and just kind of putting your best foot forward to getting ready for this football season? It was just a, a whole different level of gratefulness. Like, you know, when you have something taken away from you, you know, sometimes you take certain stuff for granted, but when it's taken away, you know, you just get a whole nother level of, you know, thankfulness. So I feel like with that, you know, I was just way more thankful, you know, appreciated a lot more of the stuff, even the little things like being able to go to our campus cafe and just little things like that, you know, talking to my teachers and everything, really just being around everybody. I really missed it. And I feel like, you know, when I first got back, I really felt like, man, you know, it's a possibility that I can get that back. And I wanted to kind of take this to a personal level to a degree because I know um, and this was not planned to say degree like that because I know you were able to receive your bachelor's uh, in May for mathematics. Uh, I, I need to ask, man, because I, I actually have a education background, a teaching background. What, what are you planning on doing with the mathematics background that you have when, when your uh, football days are over with? So originally uh, I was trying to be an uh, actuary, but um, uh, like, Career-wise, I wanted to either try to go that route or either like an accountant. I was going to try to get my master's uh, in accounting. So those are the two routes I was going to try to take with that. But in the long run, what I really wanted to do is is uh, flip houses. When I was younger, my pops, he was a contractor, so he worked on a lot of houses and stuff in real estate. So I always wanted to get into uh, doing that. That's something that I always loved doing when I was younger. So, you know, when I once I get older, that's that's really when I get into real, real estate and flipping houses. Awesome. Awesome, man. That, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, you So you got the mathematical side. You can bu- purchase the house. You can sell them, and then you you, uh, you can work with some guys to fix them up. I love it. That's an awesome sure. strategy. Sure. A lot of money to be made that way. So I, I definitely respect that. And, uh, Teron, kind of looking forward now, man. I know it's, uh, you know, you're working the best you can. I, I have some questions, though, just about the, the, uh, the style of your game. Because when I'm watching you, you know, you have a – ton of power. You're a really well-built edge defender. You remind me a little bit of, uh, I'm right outside of Philly, so Brandon Graham that plays with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like you're one of those guys that has a, a good a good amount of speed, but then also you kind of put your foot in the ground and you have that, that power element to your game. So what, if I ask you who are some players, past, present, growing up, whatever it might be, are there any guys that maybe you kind of emulate them to a degree and try to take stuff from their game for your own? Oh yeah, for sure. Over the years, I've you know I watch I try to watch all the great D linemen, uh, even like in college and in the NFL. But one that when I was younger, uh, coming in through my high school days, I used to love to watch uh, Von Miller and a guy and it's another guy that came from my high school, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. I really used to watch his uh, play at Boise State, and once he got uh, to the Cowboys, you know. And I feel like I'm I'm, I'm more so kind of modeled my game after him, you know, because he went to my high school, so he was kind of a guy that I looked up to more, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and now look into your final year. I, I know it's got to be crazy to think. I, I'm sure it was like, because I remember when I played, you know, it was like as soon as I became a senior, I was like, wow, that went that went fast, man. So have you had any of those moments this offseason where you're like, wow, this is this is it, you know, redshirt senior season. This is my last year kind of with Coastal Carolina, and it has it been any – surreal moments for you just kind of understanding that and just in the back of your mind type of thing oh man it's crazy uh me and a lot of the uh seniors we were talking about it yesterday how fast 
Uh, it comes and goes. It feels like just yesterday I was moving into my dorm and, you know, just meeting the guys. And now it's four, four years past and I'm going into my fifth year. So, I, I honestly, we reminisce, we reminisce about it almost every week. We talk about, you know, the things that we've been through to get here and trying to kind of set that foundation. And this year we just, you know, it's our last ride. So we got to do what we got to do to, you know, be as successful as possible and uh, make some more memories. And we talked a little bit about just the improvements in your game. Obviously, you know, trying to master your craft. It's, it sounds like you're a guy that has attention to a lot of detail. This offseason specifically, with, with the 10-sack season, you know, coming off of that, it's in, in your back pocket. What's going to take you to the next level? To that, to be considered – I mean, I, I already consider you, but to be considered like one of the best defensive ends in all of college football and then maybe fight for an All-American honor potentially. Uh, I just got to uh, stay humble and, and keep grinding and don't get complacent. You know, I'm still talking to my coaches and it's still a lot of stuff in my game that I need to work on. Like, you know, I've been really working on getting a little bit faster and getting my flexibility uh, a lot better. And I feel like uh, a couple of those things are going to really give me the edge to have an even better year than I did last year. But even not even just that, my my footwork, everything, you know, every part of my game, I'm trying to improve it and get better. And and I know my my one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, I feel like a lot of people do like some box score scouting when, when they watch guys, but also I feel like that's the same way for media just in general with some records because like you're looking at the five and seven that you guys went last year, but then you look at four games, close games, one score games that could have easily gone the other direction that you guys were just unfortunately on the short end. I mean, so we're talking maybe from a five win to a nine win swing for you. How does that rest in the back of your mind? And do you guys use some of that? You know, the fact of football is a momentum game, a couple plays here and there, we could be potentially looking at the at a great season and we just need to, to really clean things up and make sure that when the the big play happens in a game, we have to be the ones that are capitalizing on it. Oh, most definitely. You know, we and, and as a team, we're getting older and a lot of the guys have been through that stuff that we went through last year, you know, to come so close. And to come short in as many games as uh, uh as we did, you know, we had a game against Georgia Southern where we lost in triple overtime. We had a game against Arkansas State, we lost by a point, you know. So we we know we're there, you know. We just got to have better attention to those details, and you know, we got to uh, see that everything, every little thing matters. And, you know, we faced a lot of adversity uh, last year, a lot of injuries, a lot of guys, guys uh, back healthy, so. This year, we just got to uh, do our best to stay healthy and, you know, face whatever adversity, adversity that we uh, see head on. And and I know for, for, you know, some coaches and some cultures, you guys obviously are going to set some goals, right? Like things that you want to accomplish. Coming off the year that you had, uh, you know, obviously first team all Sun Belt. We talked a little bit about the team, you know, getting over that over that hump a little bit to having that, that magnificent final year for you. For you – what are some individual goals? What are some team goals? What what do, what do Coastal Carolina and Teron Jackson have to accomplish in 2020 to make it the perfect ending to your career? Uh, I, I think the perfect ending with me would be uh, this year to win the Sun Belt Championship. You know, me and the uh, seniors and a lot of the guys, that's one thing that we've always uh, been trying to work towards. So winning that Sun Belt Championship and getting our first uh, bowl bout uh, uh, in coastal history, you know, so we can set that foundation for some uh, later teams. And far as individual wise, 
I just want to, you know, keep getting better in everything, every aspect of my game and the run and the pass. I want to beat my record. I don't want to, you know, get complacent and have less than I had the year before. I want to keep building and keep getting better. So I just want to beat that, beat that record and, uh, you know, focus on every other aspect of my game that I need to work on, whether it be my footwork on the run and three down or my footwork in the run on uh, four down, just everything uh, that needs to be worked on. And, and obviously, you know, the reason I wanted to reach out for for doing this work, right, I, I think that you're a guy that is obviously going to have an opportunity to play on the next level. I, I'm a very firm believer in your talent and, and the upside that you still have as a football player. So kind of ending you on this interview, Toronto, just the opportunity to play professional football, how, how long of a dream has that been? And, and what type of blessing would it ultimately be? when you get to, you know, get drafted, sign that deal, and become officially labeled as a professional football player? Oh, it's, de- it's definitely – it would be a dream come true, you know. When I was younger, just watching games on the TV, you know, seeing the guys coming out and making big plays and stuff. As a, as a young guy, I told myself that I would get there one day, you know. And over the years, just learning uh, what it takes, you know, to put the work in and stuff like that. And I feel like it definitely will just be a blessing, you know, once I get to that stage to be able to sign that and, you know, change the course of my family history is something that, you know, very big for me. Absolutely. And I'm going to kind of end the interview there again with Mr. Teron Jackson, defensive end from Coastal Carolina, one of the absolute best in the country. First team all Sunbelt last year, expecting big things after his 10-sack season. Teron, again, man, I really appreciate you taking some time today. It was a pleasure to get a little glimpse into your backstory, man. I I really do appreciate just everything and and, uh, your availability to do this interview with me.